Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. Hey guys, how's it going tonight? Good day at school? Yeah? Awesome day? Hey, we're going to be trekking through a book called Luke tonight. And because this is such an amazing story, I'm going to jump right in. But before we do, I got to tell you uh, very upfront and honestly, this story, sometimes we read the Bible and and, uh, we hear the stories of like Jonah and this big fish or the story of David killing Goliath. Or we hear about, you know, Moses and leading people out of Israel. And then we hear these stories so often that they don't make us uncomfortable very often. Tonight, I want to be really honest with you. If I was in the room, I would be really uncomfortable with what Jesus does. I want to be vulnerable enough, kind of honest here to tell you that what Jesus does in this, in this story kind of makes me feel a little bit weird. And I want to read the story to you to see if it makes you feel just a little bit weird as well. Like, like that would not be, what, what happens tonight would not be cool if it happened in my house. And you can tell me like, yeah, that happened in my house, my mom would not like that. Or my dad would be like, no, no, that ain't happening. So if you have your Bibles, grab them, open them, where we look in the book of Luke, chapter 7. And uh, the story is about Jesus and his interaction with this woman. We don't even know her name. And it says that one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with them. Pharisees were like the religious leaders, the the preachers, the professors, the the big-time leaders of that day. They were like the holier-than-thou types. They were the people kind of like, well, me, for all practical purposes. You know, hey, oh, sorry, I thought you couldn't hear me. Um, They were the people who were serious religious leaders in their culture. They were the people that everyone looked up to. They were the people that everyone acknowledged as being like the voices of authority. And these guys invited Jesus over their house, and I don't know why they invited Jesus. I don't know if they're trying to like test him to see what he knew or if they're just being nice saying, hey, dude, come over for dinner. Their houses were set up totally different than ours. Like if I stand on the street, you know, maybe in front of your house or whatever it is that you lived and I were to like yell something, you probably wouldn't hear me. You're like, hey, anybody home? You might hear it, maybe in the middle of the night. But for the most part, we close our windows down and they're kind of airtight. We shut our doors, we draw our blinds and our houses are really pretty private. Back then, that's not what houses were like. They didn't have these big doors that shut with padlocks. They didn't have these windows that went down. Things are pretty open. And in fact, you could walk up and you could literally, you know, pull back the curtains and look through the window, okay, and see what was going on. You know, you could, you could honestly, there was a big banquet or they're having people over for dinner. You could kind of, it was okay and acceptable that if you had like a famous person in for dinner, your neighbors would all like come over to like, hey, come over to meet them. Hey, what's going on? And they might sit around and listen to you talk. They might not even actually eat dinner, but they just kind of hang out and listen to the conversation. That's weird. You can imagine if it's Thanksgiving or a special meal at your house, and I just kind of drive by, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to hang out and just listen. Your parents are like, who is this guy? Get him out of here. It would be weird. But culturally, in that place, it was normal. You just kind of drop in and listen. And so Jesus is hanging out, and he's talking with this guy, this Pharisee. Now, keep in mind... Even their tables and chairs don't look like ours. You know, like, they don't have, like, these big, long tables with chairs all around them. No, the table would have been down pretty low. There really weren't chairs that they used. Most of the time, they just kind of 
Well, it's kind of like when you hang with your friends, you're playing Xbox, there's like a coffee table there with a bunch of, you know, food all over it. You've got, you know, chips and cookies, all kinds of stuff. It'll pull a chair up, do you? No, usually just sit right down there. You kind of lean your elbow over while you're playing your game. You kind of snack. You have a conversation. You're talking to your buddies. You're eating chips. You're eating Pringles, you know. You're eating whatever. You're playing Xbox and you're just kind of leaning on this table. Picture be more like that, but no Xbox, no TV, nothing like that. They're just kind of reclined at this table having a conversation. And the way they're sitting, Jesus' feet are kind of off to the side, okay? Kind of, kind of behind him because back then they walked in sandals. You don't want to put your nasty feet in people's face. I still wouldn't want that. So Jesus is sitting at this table, this Pharisee. They're talking God. They're talking kingdom. They're talking Bible, having this conversation. And then here's the part that kind of creeps me out. This is weird. I want you to listen to this story and maybe you've never heard it before, but I want you to listen to it like you've never heard it in your life. And I want you to imagine if you were just like watching this unfold, how you would feel about it. Here's what happens. He says, so he went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. He says, when a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she, bar- uh, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. That's, that's creepy. It's just weird. I, I don't care. We can like, oh no, Jesus is normal. Bible makes sense. No, that's weird. That's just weird. Jesus is having a meal and some woman, and it's a sinful woman it says, and I'm going to be honest with you, they, they, a lot of commentators, like biblical scholars, smart people in the Bible, think she was probably a prostitute is what their best guess is. You know, that's kind of what she did. And she shows up. So this lady that's kind of a pretty much a prostitute in the town shows up at this religious guy's house, walks in the door. She's standing there. Jesus is leaning across having a conversation, and she just starts weeping. She's bawling so much. She's crying so hard that the tears are literally dripping off her face, and she's just standing there crying right behind Jesus. And oh, she's not really saying anything. She's just standing there, and I kind of picture it's kind of shaking and just kind of crying. And the tears are dripping off, and his feet are really dirty. He doesn't wash them. So every time these teardrops, they fall and they land on his feet, it's like, you know, your hands are really dirty and like a drip of water of rain hits it and it just makes a little muddy spot. His feet are literally just kind of looking muddy because this woman just keeps crying. Her tears keep dripping on his dirty feet. I'm telling you, if you came to my house and that happened, I'd be like, no, no, this is, who is this lady? She's, she's a, I mean, she's like a woman that I, like, I don't even want to know where my house is. What are you doing here is what I'm thinking of that moment. I'm thinking like Simon. You shouldn't be here right now. I'm, I'm a religious leader. I'm talking to another religious leader. We're having a, a normal conversation. Here walks in this lady that's a prostitute. She's bawling her eyes out so much that her tears are dripping on Jesus' feet. And I'm like, you are really crashing this party right now. This is just weird. And it only gets worse. It says, when the Pharisee who had invited, who, <clears throat> who had invited him, invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, he says, if this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him. Oh, 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 I forgot. I skipped a part that I didn't read. Sorry. Back up. Back up. It says, she stood behind him at his feet weeping. Uh, She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them. She wiped his feet with her hair. Hold on. She kissed his feet and poured perfume on them. Okay, I'm telling you, hold on, Shh. not just the gross factor, like I get that, that it's gross, but pass, go past the gross factor and just go, no, 
No, that, that just isn't something that you do. You don't show up at somebody's house, start crying so hard that your tears are making their feet wet. And then I want to be honest with you, when she lets down her hair, um, her hair would have been covered, she would have had a covering over her head, she would have had her, you know, everything all put up, it would have been a very private thing. When she takes that covering off and she lets her hair down, I mean, that would have been like, that's something you don't do ever. First of all, Jesus as a rabbi and this guy's religious teacher, they, they had, their relationship with women is they would not even have talked to ladies walking around town. It's just not how you did it. You wouldn't have had dinner with this woman and here she is coming in, she's removing this thing, she's letting her hair down, it's like, whoa, okay, this just got a little racy right now. Like, okay. She pulls out, she would have had this little alabaster jar of perfume around her neck, so she pulls out this alabaster bar, jar of perfume, she opens it up, she gets down on her hands and knees, Jesus is still reclining at the table, she's still bawling her eyes out, she gets down on her hands and knees, weeping and crying over his dirty feet, crying and crying, she pours perfume on them and she takes her hair and starts drying his feet off. I don't care what planet you're from, I don't care how many times you've read the Bible, that's weird. That just makes me uncomfortable. If Jesus did this at my house, I'd be like, stop. What are you doing? I would be looking at Jesus saying, this isn't, no, 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 don't do that. You're going to freak people out, Jesus. Don't, don't, don't do that. Anybody else here, you'd be uncomfortable that if you saw a woman walk into your house, start crying when you had like, you know, Mark Christian, the pastor over, he's sitting down there, somebody starts crying over his feet, dripping tears down on him. All of a sudden, they pull out a bottle of perfume, pull their hair down, start drying it. You'd be like, and if Mark let that happen, and he was okay with that, what would you think? What are you, I'm looking at Jesus going, what are you doing, man? Jesus, what are you up to? It's just weird. Let me keep reading. Oh, I got to hurry. Yikes. It says, when the Pharisee invited us all this, <clears throat> he said to himself, if this man were a prophet... And he knew he was touching him and what kind of woman she is and that she's a sinner. And Jesus answered, Simon, I have something to tell you. He says, well, tell me, teacher, he said. He said, two men owed, so now Jesus asked this guy back, this, this, this guy a question. He says, two men owed money to a certain money lender, okay? One owed them 500 denarii, which is just some money, 500 bucks. And the other one owed 50 bucks. We'll just put it in that language. He said, neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he canceled both of their debts. Now, which one will love him more? Simon replied, well, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. He says, you judge correctly. And then he turned to the woman, he said this. He turned to Simon, he said this. He says, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss. Not like, there's customary, like you've seen people in the Middle East where they kiss on each cheek. Don't freak out over that. Um, He says, you didn't give me a kiss on the cheek, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head, but she's poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, um, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been given little loves little. And Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this that can forgive sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. See, here's the deal. Both people are sinners in this story. Both Simon and this woman both have sin in their, law, their life. There's no doubt that, that Simon's got all kinds of private sins of pride and things that he struggles with. But over here, you've got this woman that's a prostitute that people in town know who you are. Her sins are obvious. 
And sometimes we walk into a room like this, and you guys know the reputation of people at your school. You know the reputation of that person. You've heard what they did at a party, or you know the way they talk at school, or you know where they, they, they talk at practice. You know the things they talk about. Some of you guys know the things that get text, you know, or, or some of the things that get sent around. You, you know the images, the pictures, the comments. You know what's going on on cell phones. You know what's going on on social media. You know all the reputation stuff is out there. And sometimes we look at human beings and we're like, wow, they're really screwed up. They're really messed up. And I want to say that truthfully, Jesus is more comfortable with somebody who's aware of how screwed up they are than somebody who really thinks they're living a righteous life. And in this moment, Jesus knows what to do with her. He knows how to minister to her. He knows how to help her. What he can't do is somebody who's not even aware of their own sin like Simon. What defines you as a sinner? Listen to me closely. What defines you as a sinner is not the amount of your sin, it's the awareness of your sin. That's the key. And in this moment, we think that, that she's saved. She's not saved because she pours you know, perfume on Jesus' feet. She's not saved because she cries on his feet. She's not saved because she lets down her hair and publicly embarrasses herself and wipes her hair on Jesus' feet. That's not what saves her. What saves her in that moment is her faith in Jesus. Listen, I'm going to say something really controversial. I need you to listen to me. I'm going to pause after I say it. Jesus loved this woman, no doubt. And Jesus loved Simon. This is going to be bold enough that some of you guys have to wrestle with it. God's love can't save you. Okay, think about that for a second. Come to church a long time. God's love doesn't save you. I mean, you look at John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son... If God's love saves, then why isn't the whole, is the whole world saved? Is the whole world saved? No, it's not. Your love for God in that moment, your, your love for God is not what saves you. You can sing every Jesus prom song you want, and you can manufacture all the emotional things you want about Jesus and tell him how much you love him, how awesome you think he is. But until you reach the point this woman reached, where she completely submits herself and puts her trust in the man Jesus, that's what saves. It's her faith in Jesus that saves her. And I'm telling you, in this moment, I want to let you understand this. Until you put your full faith in Jesus, God's love will not reach you until you're willing to put your faith in his son. If God's love could reach you, then he wouldn't have to send his son to die on your behalf. Your love for God is not what saves you. It's Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And what this woman realizes in this moment, the reason why she's crying, the reason why she pours out her, her tears, the reason why she pours out the perfume, is because in that moment she realizes, I was desperate, but I have been rescued. I'm no longer defined by my sin because I put my faith in this man, and now I am a brand new woman. My reputation doesn't define me. Nothing defines me except my identity and who this man now says I am. And he says that I am forgiven. We spend so much time trying to find every way possible that if we just sing a worship song and we can find a goosebump, we'll think we're saved. You are saved by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Your identity rests in him alone. And until you cling to nothing more and nothing less but his blood and righteousness, until you hold on to nothing more than Jesus and you realize that you're just like that woman, you're screwed up, you're lost, you have nothing without him. He is all you need. He is all there is. And his love wants to rescue you, but until you put your faith in him, you're just like Simon. We'll end with this story. You guys can come on up. <clears throat> there was a uh, show I watched my son for a while. 
It's an old, old show. <laughs> it's called The Twilight Zone. Anybody ever watched it before? In the show, there's a guy, one of the episodes, there's a guy in there who, uh, who works in a prison in a morgue. You seen this one? Creepy. Works in a prison in a morgue, and he wants, Joe, you seen this one? He wants to find his way out. So he makes a deal with the guy who kind of runs a morgue. He's not a prisoner. He just runs it. They've, they've you know, developed this friendship. And what the deal is, he says, well, listen, uh, you can get me out. You can get me out of this situation. Yeah, yeah, man, here's the deal. You know, I'm, when, when somebody dies, there's this bell. Your job is to come in and help get the casket all ready. He says, just crawl in on top of that body. Lay down on top of that body. And he says, and then I'll, I'll help you escape. And I was like, all right, awesome idea. So all of a sudden, bell rings. The guy takes off, leaves his cell, goes down there, crawls on top of the body. It's dark. He closes the hatch down over him. He waits for this guy to come dig him out. They lower the casket down to the ground. They bury him. Bury him right there. He waits and waits and waits to be rescued from this. He waits and waits and waits to be rescued until finally he reaches this moment where he pulls out the one match he's got and he lights this match because he just can't take it anymore. He's trapped inside this coffin. He's six foot under the ground. He's on top of this body. He can't take it anymore. So he strikes the match and all of a sudden he's just sitting there and it's TV so he can roll over and he looks and he realizes that he's lying on top of the guy that was supposed to dig him out. Yeah. He's lying on top of the guy that was supposed to rescue him. You can put your trust in a lot of different things. You can think that just coming to church enough, doing all the things you think you're supposed to do, are somehow going to rescue you. But until you realize that there's a way that may seem right to the man, as Proverbs says, Simon thought he was headed down the right road, and it did not save him. Until you realize that, yes, God's love would love to rescue and save you, but until you put your faith and your whole trust in him, and you're seated and dependent on who Jesus is, you are in deep, deep, deep trouble. In the way, there's a way that seems right. In the end, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. Be willing, ladies, shh, be willing to sacrifice your reputation like this woman did in order to receive grace. Because your reputation won't save you. Only Jesus can save you. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.